Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of A Sound Heart. First of all, I want to give God thanks for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave his life on our behalf, on a Roman divot in 33 AD. Jesus died for us. He was buried, and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Please read 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The resurrection of Jesus is the foundation of our faith. And because we have that substantial foundation, that is the resurrection of Jesus, we know in whom we have believed, we we know in our hearts that Jesus is God manifest in flesh. For our redemption, please read uh, John chapter 1. And uh, this evening's study is taken from John chapter 5. It is entitled, Do You Want to Be Healed? Do You Want to Be Healed? And so before we begin our study, let us have a word of prayer. We do give you thanks, Heavenly Father, for your word. We thank you for the word. We thank you for Jesus, who is the Logos, who is both uh, reason your divine reasoning and divine speech for us. And we do thank you, Father, for this opportunity. In the name of Jesus, amen. John chapter 5. I'm going to begin at verse 1. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, who was there, had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well, or do you want to be healed? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured and he picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was the Sabbath. And so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well 
said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again, or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jews persecuted him. Jesus said to them, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, the Jews tried all the harder to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. Father loves the son. It shows him all that he does. Yes, to your amazement, he will show him, show him even greater things than these. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whomever he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes, him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. I tell you the truth. A time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself, and he has given him authority to judge, because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good will rise to live, and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. By myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear. And my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. And I'm going to stop there, and uh, that is verse 30, verse 30. So I want to once again emphasize uh, the word uh, pistuo as used by John. And pistuo means to believe, and it means to trust. Reliance upon and not mere credence or to follow a, uh, a creed, a written creed. Most frequently used in the writings of the Apostle John, Pistuo, especially in the Gospel. He does not use the noun. Now, Matthew, uh, Matthew uses the verb ten times, verb Pistuo. And Mark uh, uses it ten times. 
And Luke uses uh, the verb pestuo nine times. John, however, uses this verb 99 times, 99 times. In the book of Acts, uh, in Acts 5.14, this word pestuo is in the present participle. So, and or the present participle of the verb is used, and it is translated uh, believers. And so, this is a it is a very poignant and very important term uh, for for us to understand. Uh, in in the Pauline writings, uh, Paul uses the prepositional phrase in Christ. Uh, upwards of 148 times. So I, I just want you to get the idea of the 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 singular reality, the singular focus of uh, of the writers, uh, as led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, so pistuo is the emphasis uh, that is to believe, to trust, to rely upon. Uh, this word is, is pivotal in the Gospel of John. So, five, we have another clinical uh, study of the public ministry and the healing ministry uh, of Jesus. Now, in, uh, in the Greek, in chapter 5, verse 1, instead of, um, it is the, uh, we have the masculine article, ho, before the noun Iesus. So we have the, uh, sometime later, the Iesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. So now notice, he talks about uh, John, excuse me, John, John makes reference uh, to the sheep gate. And so this is all very uh, important information for us. Uh, near the sheep gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda. And this word uh, means house of mercy. And so the sheep gate reminds us of who? Well, Jesus uh, as the Lamb of God. Uh, and uh, we, you and I are benefactors. We, we, that is, we, we, we benefit from the finished work of Christ. We been heard from the mercy of God uh, through that he has demonstrated to us through Jesus Christ. And so we see uh, that in every encounter that Jesus had in his public ministry, uh, nothing was incidental. Everything was strategic. Everything uh, reflects the archetypal plan of God, that is the decree of God, uh, before the God flung down the universe into nothingness, and that's the sense that is, this is the language that Paul uses in Ephesians one. Uh, 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 Paul uses the word katabole, and it means to to throw down, um, and so God threw down the what we call the material universe into nothingness. There was no pre-existing matter. There is there is no pre-existing substance that 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 Yahweh Elohim shaped uh, 
uh, into the universe as we pres- presently know it. Now, the term universe is not found in the biblical uh, literature. Uh, it is a secular term, and the Bible never talks about a, uh, you know, uh, many universes or uh, as the, the world is, is, is teaching now. Um, and uh, they talk. They also talk about the metaverse. So they they have split the consciousness of human beings, and they want to split the consciousness of human beings even further. Uh, they have some very radical technologies that they've come up with, uh, and so some of them are very frightening. And in some future shows, I'm going to go over some of them, not a lot of them, and not in a lot of great detail. But I will give you. I want you to have some awareness of what is going on. So uh, he, uh, John relates for historical credence. Uh, he, he says that this particular place was surrounded by five covered colonnades, and these colonnades have been unearthed. They've been discovered. And so we know that they're there. Uh, and a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. One who had been an invalid, or in the Greek he is called the weak, the weak one, for 38 years. Now, now notice, I want you to note this condition. Um, and something uh, decisive happened to this man's life. And he was not only uh, stricken uh, physically, but his his soul was too. Uh, sin is holistic. That is, the entire person uh, comes under the judgment of God, not really the body. But there will be the, the manifestation of the inner condition of sin through uh, some of the there will be some physical manifestations of that inner condition. Um, and in this particular case, so this man had been in what? He had been in this condition for 38 years. All this information is important for us because uh, the John emphasizes the, the radical healing power of Jesus. Uh and that is what, uh, that is his focus. The Christ event uh, is his focus. This, uh, the Gospel of John has no parables. Uh, discourses are emphasized. And John emphasizes the, uh, not the Galilean ministry, but the Judean ministry of Jesus. Jesus is the revelatory word. And the date of the writing uh, of John's Gospel is, we think, between A.D. 90 and A.D. 100. So, so uh, clearly at the end of, of the first century. So we go on, and verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there. Now, notice the focus. Jesus, the attention of Jesus is on one individual. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned, that he had been in this condition for a long time. The language is interesting. Uh, saw him lying there and learned 
that he had been in this condition for a long time. And so uh, uh, verse 6 in the Greek reads, he has already been having much time. He has already been having much time. So the language is very interesting. And once again, he is called the weak one. And this word, uh, uh, asthenon, is also used in 1 Corinthians 11.30. And the the reference or the context is those who partake of the Lord's table uh, and they have sin in their lives. Their lives are not clean. They are unworthy to drink of the cup of the Lord. Now notice, Jesus does not introduce himself to this uh, weak individual. Jesus uh, says to him in very simple, uh, declarative language, very simple. Do you, notice the verb, do you, pointing out to this individual, do you want to get well or do you want to be healed? So Jesus asked. Now, because this individual is in this uh, this condition in which he has been wasting away. He's been uh, lying in this estate for 38 years. He has been wasting away. <clears throat> and uh, so Jesus knew what uh, the answer he would get. And so Jesus gives a, a direct question and He's given a lengthy reply. And the invalid replied not to Jesus' statement, but the invalid spoke to Jesus out of his perception of his condition. Jesus uttered a question to this individual from divine viewpoint thinking. This individual answered Jesus from human viewpoint. And so, in other words, there is a pathological attitude that has formed over these many, many years. Jesus comes to him with a fresh uh, and powerful question. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Jesus asked, ask for all of this uh, unimportant information. No, he did not. Then Jesus said to him, so the words reveal uh, the the words of the asthenon reveals who he is and where he is. So from now on, I'm in, in the, for the rest of the study, I'm not going to use the term ho uh, asthenon. 
I'm going to use a, a word, the weak one, the weak one. Uh, when people are weak, uh, such as we have here, uh, there are there are uh, there's information that's going to be revealed later about this individual uh, in this chapter, and it's very very telling. Then Jesus said to him, "Get up, pick up your mat, and walk." So Jesus uses the word igaire, that is, it is the word of resurrection. This word is is used in four gospels. It is also used in the book of Acts. Uh, during in the ministry uh, of the ministries of the apostles, they use this word agire, uh resurrection. The resurrection is pivotal, and that's why I said earlier that the resurrection of Jesus is foundational. Notice the language that Jesus uses. Get up. Agare really means to stand up. Stand up. And it is a call. It is an imperative uh, uh, and a command. Or it is a command stated in the imperative. Get up. Jesus wanted this individual, the weak one, to stand up out of his path. The man was languishing in his past. The man was controlled by his past. The man's perception, the man's emotions, the man's state of being was controlled by his past. He was living in the past. And he gave Jesus his observation about his life. I have no one, dot, 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 while I am trying to get in, Someone else goes down ahead of me. Get up, said Jesus, pick up your mat and walk. Verse 9, at once the man was cured, and he picked up his mat and walked. Now, in the prologue of John, John chapter 1, we have the prologue, uh, verses 1 through 18. And the prologue uh, states precisely what Jesus had come to do as the, as the revelatory word. He is the revelation of God. He is not out from this world. Uh, please read John 3. He is from above. And so the worldview of Jesus is not based, and the words of Jesus are not based upon anything this man has ever heard before or has ever encountered before. The words of Jesus are living words. The word of God is what? Alive. The word of God is alive and powerful. The the weak one only gives Jesus dead observation. I have no one. Notice the negativity or the, uh, the negativism. I have no one to help me. While I am trying to get in, no one else goes down ahead of me. And so his condition is so, it, it, his condition is self-destructive. And he has turned uh, against himself. He, 
doesn't even recognize that he has turned against himself, and which is revealed in his own words. Notice in verse 7 how many times he uses the pronoun, uh, the, uh, the pronoun that refers to himself. He uses I, he uses me, I, me. So you see what his focus is. He is he is sick from himself, and he doesn't realize it. Okay? So we have his viewpoint. I, me, I, me. This is the source of, uh, this is a manifestation of why he is in this condition. His selfishness, his focus on ego, his focus on self, has what? Created this condition. He followed this path. He made this journey. And look what it has done. This journey has uh, dissolved and eaten up 30 Eight years of passive barrenness. Verse 6 in the Greek. He has already been having much time. He has already been having much time. He has commanded. Notice the verbs. Get up. Pick up. Get up. Pick up. The words, the living words of Jesus pulls him out of self. And through all that 38 years of encrusted self-violence, he hears the living word. So now you see why Jesus uses, why Jesus said, uh, get up. In the Greek is one word, egyrae. Egyre is the word of resurrection. This man should be lifted up out from the dead. And the focus and this this is where he had come to uh, be because of his choice or choices. Wake up. That is come out of a life or come out of a lifeless path as a state or condition. Now, and if you also, you look very carefully, uh, there's a lot of fear in this man's, uh, in this man's life. There's a ton of fear. And unfortunately, a lot of believers today who, who know the Lord are controlled by fear. And the Lord says, be it unto thee according to, or according to thy faith, be it done unto thee. According to thy faith, be it done unto thee. The door is open. We have to walk through. We have to believe. At once he was cured. At once, is verse 9. At once the man was cured. Wait a minute. Progress. What about over time? What about uh, progressive therapy? What about pharmaceuticals? Over time, he will get better, uh, and we will do symptom management, but he will never be cured. 
it will never be cured, but we will cure some of the obvious symptoms of his condition so that he can keep coming to us to pay us. And once the man was cured, God doesn't need our money. God doesn't need our money. And God does not use money in order to exalt himself over those uh, who have less. Everything that man has or seeks to acquire from those with less belongs to the creator. He is the all-powerful one. All things belong to him. Even the wicked belong to him. Even the wicked. Uh, And uh, (laughs) he is the creator. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. It is the Sabbath. It is the day of rest. It is the day. It is the Shabbat. It is the day that Yahweh caught his breath from creation. Jesus was saying that that, uh, uh, Jesus had a totally view, a different viewpoint on the Sabbath. Jesus gave this man rest from his condition of 38 years on the Shabbat. The law forbids you to carry your mat. They didn't care that this indistinguishable man, this nondescript individual, uh, had been healed. And you know how they just overlooked that. They didn't care. They didn't care about that. They didn't care about his condition had been arrested. His his condition had been uh, radically changed. They don't care about that. They are the legalists. The legalists don't care about your healing in Christ. The legalists care about what? The observation of legal formality. They do not have the, uh, they emphasize the letter of the law over the spirit of the law. Letter of the law is destructive. The spirit of the law is redemptive. And this is what we have here. But uh, the these individuals did not have that kind of spiritual uh, insight because they had been blinded. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. Different language. Isn't it interesting? The brevity and the clearness with which he speaks. When Jesus takes us out of the miry clay when he lifts us out and cleans us up, uh, our language becomes different. The man who made me well, the man who made me well. So uh, do you want to be healed? What does this language really mean? Do you want to be healed? So when Jesus, uh, it's, it's interesting because in the Greek, Will thou be made whole? Uh, it means to be sound or whole in health. It means to be created whole. Will you be created whole? I want you to see why the devil 
emphasizes carnality over truth. And uh, those who preach health and wealth and those who preach uh, the gospel of money uh, know that this is, this is the devil's way because it is a distraction. And they, these individuals do not realize or don't care, Jesus said, more about uh, mammon or money, uh, talk more about mammon or money than he did about health. Jesus talks about the mammon of unrighteousness. Jesus talks about unrighteous mammon and what it does. There's nothing in the scripture that forbids uh, the accumulation of wealth. The Bible does, in the book of Proverbs, state, labor not to be rich. But there are several wealthy individuals in the word of God. They were godly. They were godly individuals. They realized that the wealth that they had accumulated was from God. God blessed them abundantly. Just read about Abraham. Read about Job. You know, uh, read about Joseph of Arimathea, uh, whose tomb Jesus borrowed. Read about these wealthy individuals and their attitude toward God. Very, very informative, very powerful. So this man gets healed, and he gets into a fight. Who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Now Jesus is in the temple. Remember, this encounter began at where? At the pool of Bethesda, near the Sheep Gate in Jerusalem. Now it has moved into the temple. And in the temple, Jesus finds him. He says, see, you are well again. Stop and worse may happen to you. The language is determinative. The language is decisive. Stop sinning. Uh, read, read the book of James. And I love James. Uh, he has no time for nonsense. And uh, he says, uh, friendship with the world uh, makes you an enemy of God. He, he, in very plain language, he has no time for uh, nonsense. You are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Uh, the man went away and told the Jews, that it was Jesus who had made him well. It was Jesus. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, Jews persecuted him. Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, the Jews tried all the harder to kill him. What did Jesus do? He had broken the constraints of their legal minutiae. He had broken the 
the teachings of the rabbis. Jesus never recognized the teachings of the rabbinic literature or of the Gemara. He never recognized those, uh, that, that incredibly huge tomb of legal opinion. He never recognized it because he knew that the emphasis was on uh, human interpretation, human viewpoint thinking, the word of God. So he never quoted any of the great rabbis, the Mishnah, the Gemara. He never quoted uh, from any of the rabbinic books. So they were angry, and now, and so now, now these are religious people. Uh, verse 14 was at the temple for this reason. Verse 18 the Jews tried all the harder to kill him. Not only, not only uh, was he breaking Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. And so on theological grounds, um, they, they wanted to take his life. They wanted to destroy Jesus for this healing event. They didn't care about the man, uh, but it broke their religious protocol. And Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth. The Son of Man can do nothing by himself. Verse 24. I tell you the truth, that whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. See, this is pivotal. And what you see in their attitude is rejected evidence, rejected evidence. They, uh, so, in these words, Jesus is speaking, well, he's speaking of those who are, who are saved. In verse 28 and 29, he, of course, is speaking of physical resurrection. And uh, and so uh, in these verses, before we get to verses 28 and 29, he's talking about a spiritual resurrection. He's talking about uh, God making the individual's heart whole. This is from Jeremiah chapter 31. Uh, the fleshy heart is going to be removed, <laughs> the heart of flesh, and God will give his people a brand new heart. God is going to perform open-heart surgery on his people. Uh, God performed surgery on, on the Adam uh, in Genesis chapter 2. God does surgery. Uh, God said in Jeremiah, he's going to remove that old heart. And uh, because of what? It is, it is destructive. It is necrotic. It is dead. And uh, so God's going to put a new heart. And this is what he does. He gives us a new heart through Jesus. Uh, the living word of God is not going to uh, – an old dead heart, an old dead mind, an old dead spirit, old dead words and language and ways. There's no way that these can coexist. And this is why uh, when people talk about the old sin nature coexisting alongside – uh, of the new nature, uh, you don't find that kind of dualism in Scripture. That's not found in any uh, place in the New Testament. New Testament doesn't teach that. 
uh, that the believer has an old nature and a new nature coexisting. You will not find the word, uh, what, paleo or archaeo, which refers to ancient things, uh, uh, heart. You will not find that. Uh, nature and in, in Greek is physics. You're not going to find those language, that language in, in the New Testament. You won't. What Paul does talk about in his great soteriological uh, letter of Romans, he, he talks about the flesh, the sarks. And he says that the uh, the the old the the sarks has no has does not care about God at all, <clears throat> and I see the outwork in Romans chapter one uh, everywhere I look now. I mean, it, it, uh, I step out of my house, I'm polluted immediately polluted by what I see, the ad, the actions and attitudes of people. I'm immediately polluted. You know, there are tools like a cell phone I have to use for a daily business. You know, my eyes and my mind, you know, are, are polluted. I have to get ready in the morning through the word for the pollution that I have to face during the day. I And I need the word to wash my feet, to renew me, uh, so that I can be clean and cleansed. I don't know what, when my Lord is coming. I could be uh, <laughs> driving to work in my truck, and then there's a snatching away. Am I ready? Am I right? I don't know when he's coming. I want all my loved ones to be ready. That's why I live the way I do. I don't want any of my loved ones left down here, not in this stuff. I don't want this, this. This stuff is horrific. My family has no idea how horrific this stuff is and what these people are and what they do. A lot of things I know and I've studied and I've researched, I don't share with them. Um, I have this starting to word. For upwards of 50 years, 50 years, and I'm staying with God. I remember the night that I was filled with the Spirit. I was sitting in, in, in my grandma's, uh, my grandmother's uh, dining room table, studying the Word. I remember when I was filled with the Spirit, changed my life, my life completely. I know what this man underwent. I was a sinner, and I wanted a brand new life. God gave me a brand new life. God has had to grow me up and and, and give me wisdom. It's been it's been a long journey, but it's been so worthwhile. And uh, so, leave this world behind. Why broad is the way that leads to the and many there be that go in there. But narrow is the way, or really in the Greek it reads constricted is the way that leads to life. And few there be that go in thereat. Jesus will save you tonight. Jesus will save you tomorrow. Jesus will save you. Have your sins washed in the blood of the Lamb. Be renewed. Have a brand new life. And you have something to look forward to. That one day God is going to snatch us out of the satanic cosmos, and we will ever be with our Savior. That's our, he is our blessed hope, the coming of Jesus to get us so that we will ever be with him, where we will have joy unspeakable and full of glory.
Good evening. My name is Dr. Josiah Rich, and God bless you. Yeah, but reprobates don't believe that, that they're useless. Dinner okay? Oh, it's wonderful. Oh. You want 